Hello, my people. How are you? What is popping? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the show. This is the second video broadcast, and as always, you can see me smiling. Positive energy, always. You know, get things going right. You, you, you just feel good when you're positive about it. Whether they are bad or not, just feel good. You know, enjoy yourself. <laughs> and thanks for joining us again. It's it's wonderful being here. Um, today I'm putting on the Zeus World Apparel. This is it right here. You can see, see another sponsor for us. You know, we got two clothing apparel sponsoring this show, Bank Apparel and Zeus World. So you can go check them out. A link will be in the description of this. And yeah, please do subscribe to the to the podcast. Do subscribe to the show on YouTube and every other platform that we have our podcast on. It is live and for real. I beg. Help us grow, yeah? Help us grow. We are trying to get this to a live TV show. So, yeah, we're pushing it out there. Uh, today's episode, we've got a wonderful, wonderful and special person to me, like a big brother. He has been there for me so long. Even when I had my injury some years back, he, he went out of his way to help me in different ways. So I really appreciate him for that. Uh, he has played professional basketball for nine years and still counting. This is someone that can still go five, six years he wants to go. We can never say <laughs> if he decides to hang his boots now, his resume speaks for itself, you know. He's also the founder of Kelechi Anuna Foundation and the co-founder of the Young African Kings Movement. Mr. Kelechi Anuna, welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, your face they shine as always. Ah, Ben, I like it. I like it. No be, no be anything. I like it. <laughs> I just get better lighting. That is it. That is it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's jump right into it. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, how's it been? Pandemic and all. I know it's no for pandemic. People don't reach like that since. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> Sheesh. Man, I'm missing home, guy. You don't even understand, man. I'm missing home. I haven't been home since last December. And it's like, and that was briefly, I was, I was really home, home, May, when I did my camp last year. Yeah. And I stopped in Niger on a coding level, December. You know, you know, I was Igbo boy, but enter East, well. So <laughs> enter East. <laughs> you know, enter Komot. Then, like, I was supposed to come back at least three or four times mm-hmm. between January 2020 and now. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, and it stopped a lot of things as far as basketball, like, everything, man. Basketball, because uh, NBA Africa, you know, that was supposed to start up some other leagues. So I was just like, you know, I've just been, you know, training. Started up my training business, you know, as well. It gave me time to to do different other, like other different things, you know, open up different businesses. So, it, I mean, it helps, yeah. you know, as far as the financial aspect, but <laughs> it hurt as well. Yeah, it hurt as well. I feel you. Um, I know you, you talked a little on the... SARS and SARS protests on one of your live videos, which I tuned into. So it's right. crazy over here. And please, can you just give us a little brief about that your experience again? <laughs> Man, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. SARS is SARS. I mean, uh, SARS is they're they're a foolish group of individuals sometimes. Man, like I'm just, I won't even lie to you, but. I mean, yeah, I actually hold it. I had a protest here as well. I hosted yeah. a protest in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, which went out well. We had like around 300 people come out or whatever. So, uh, 200, 300 people. But, you know, my side, I had it depends on the East. I had it, you know, and then Legos. But the, the funniest story I think what you're talking about is when uh, 
this was like 2016 when uh, the ABL first started. You know, ABL first started, Nigeria was on fire, Nigerian basketball was on fire, you know, like, it was hot, like, new league, Brosuko came from NBA Connections, started the league, you know, he had uh, players from different countries, he had, you know, American players come in on his team, so... I just came from my Asian club, you know, he's like, yo, he's starting this new league. I was like, ah, okay, cool. I get to go home, you know, playing like that. So when I came back, you know, I was kind of that guy, you know, that the Americans went to. It's like, oh, if we need to know anything about Nigeria, we need to go calculate. Even guys from other teams, like Afam, Mark Hill, yeah. you know, all those other guys, you know, Mel Goins, they're like, oh, we need to go to Kalechi. So I was like, all right, so, you know, even if we're going out, having an outing, they're like, oh, we know we'll be safe with Kalechi because yeah. he understands both sides of what you know, what's going on. So, but this is towards the end of the season, you know. It was like end of the season, you know. Some guys stayed an extra two weeks, extra one week. Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's go get some food. So I remember Kosaka, he like he let us borrow his car for the season, you know. Uh-huh. It's like one of his older cars. So we're like, all right, cool. So we do like me, Brosaki, uh. Bozaki and uh, Markeel, Mel Goins, and uh, uh, Tony Freeland. These are Cali boys. Mm-hmm. All of them are Cali boys, you know. So we're driving. All of a sudden, we're, that, we're driving you know, all those roundabouts. I don't even say they don't come on all those roundabouts, you know. But anyways, we're driving. So all of a sudden, we see we see the size guy. Man, I can take the front seat. I can take drive. So next thing you know, we look. All those kind of things where you're not supposed to look. <laughs> you're not supposed to go. Like, just do your thing, they go. We can't look. Ah, they come see big, big boys. They come wave not as in financially, but as in stature. Yeah. They come wave us down. I, say, ah, I mean, I look like it's a guy. But just, <laughs> just hit the guys. Go, they go. So we're like, ah, because we're going towards VGC from uh, from Osapa area. So, like, all right, cool. They pulled us down. They was like, ah, where's your particulars? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's not his coach's car. So yeah. we're like, oh, we play ball. It's our coach's car, you know. Blah, 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 this and that. He said, maybe, maybe we get down. I said, okay, we'll be. Everybody gets down. But before we get, we're getting down, we're like, yo, we tell Americans, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Like, just don't talk anything. <laughs> they, just shake your head or whatever. Don't say anything. Because you know, say, if they hear their voice, they go, yeah. Like, yeah. So I was like, ah, okay. So they come in, come in, check the car, check the car, check the car, nothing. They ask the guys, like, oh, you know they talk. I was just like, man, I'm just trying to go get something to eat. I was just like, oh, come on. <laughs> Yankee. I was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> Long story short, you know, there was, oh, the paperwork wasn't right. This and that. We don't have, we don't own the car. This and that. Man, and the last thing you know, there was like, okay, you know, 100K. 100K. And the thing, the worst thing about it is that, uh, Tony Freeling gave the guy his passport. Oh my lord! He gave him this guy. This guy. This guy never touched blue passport before. He called gold blue passport for his hand. Listen, that gold extortion. Man. You know, I was like, dude, why are you even carrying your passport around? He said, but he asked for ID. I said, just tell him he's at your hotel or at your your flat. You know, like you know, you're not you're not a citizen. You're here to play basketball. You want to go to VTC to collect food. That's it. So, bad thing, I, I had to take like Mark Hill, I had to take Mark Hill and Mel Goins. I had to get, uh, I had to get waved down KK to go for, <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of uh, Lekeke, man. 
KK <laughs> to go from I think we stopped by Chevron that they stopped us by that Chevron uh, roundabout we had to use KK to go to BDC yeah. you know I was like uh, that's the quickest thing I was about to put them inside down for but <laughs> you know ah guys once it went in Rome you know do it the Romans but yeah that's how that was and you know, had to give them 100k just to get his passport back yeah, you crazy. know that's crazy. Yeah. Hopefully we get to stop that shit in Nigeria, honestly. Really? Yeah. For real, seriously. Yeah. Let's get right into it. Um, you played um, college ball for Middle Tennessee State University and you enjoyed yeah. it. Okay, you were, you were a big grand, <laughs> as always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your experience like playing in a Division One college and how was it? How were you able to create a niche for yourself? Um, for me, you know, I, like it was, it was crazy. My whole college experience and it was it's different. Like, I went the longer route. You know, growing up, I was a football player. People don't understand that. Like, not American football, like soccer. Yeah. Like, I was a, like even when I dress, like I dress like when like I, I I was a football player. Like my my uncles, they played in the old Nigeria league. When you know when they like you know, so growing up, I used to hear stories of Wanyanwu versus Nyemba. Uh, or you know all these uh, you know all these soccer stories yeah. and one of my favorite uncles he came over you know, he used to go to Europe for tryouts from Nigeria and came to Yankee when uh, MLS first started like when I was young that's the you know American soccer mm-hmm. pro league so he came for a tryout stayed with us while he was trying out so he was just uh, he used to train me a lot when I was young and then I, I grew up in that you know I grew up in that uh, Kocha area Era, you know, Yakina Mukachi, you know, yeah. 1996 Olympics. I was at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. You feel yeah. me? Like, so I was, I was a big football fan, but I liked basketball. You know, I like, I love basketball. Allen Iverson, that era, you know, Penny Hardaway. Yeah. So I, I actually grew up as a soccer fan. So, but as I got older, my friends here were like, ah, the guy has a white boy sport. That's a girl sport. You know, all those, you know, you know, like that's how Black Americans think. So it's like. <laughs> cool like those are my guys so I was like man let me just focus on basketball so that kind of put a delay on what I was what I had going on you know because I never I started playing actual basketball like with rules and not straight outside set like at 14 15 that's late yeah like I I knew how to I knew the rules but as far as like structured referee on the team I wasn't I was like 14 years old when I first started playing so people didn't yeah, so by that time in America, people already been playing since Way age five. Back, yeah, you know, like some of my friends have been in junior league since they were since we were small. So I had to catch on. I was a slow. I was like, I had to catch on fast. So in high school, I just you know I was, I was a good athlete. You know, you know I really couldn't shoot, dribble. I can just run the floor and jump. You know, and jump. So I just started like I just started getting an interest on skill development and how to get better i used to just google go on internet you know how to get better so at the time by the time i uh i reached my third year in high school you know you know i was a good student as well i had an opportunity because i took some standardized tests i had enough credit hours and things like that in high school for me to jump a class and you know nigerian parents they're like ah, jump a class jump a class but me i'm looking they're looking from the academic side i was looking for the athletic side like i need another year of high school so i can get a scholarship they weren't trying to hear that one. My phone. She's like, "Guy, go to college." I was like, "I was mad, but that's my father. I had to do what I had to do." So I, I ended up going to college early. Oh, that's dope. yeah, I graduated high school in three years instead of four. Right. So I ended up 
So, but still, I was able to find some Division II schools that gave me scholarships. So I ended up signing to a Division II school called Bowie State University, actually. Okay. And I went up there for summer workouts and all that before the actual year started. And I just got, like, homesick. And I was just like, you know, I got homesick. And I was just like, you know what? I felt like I was a better player in Division II school. So I called my AAU coach. He was like, yo, you can come back home. I have a connection to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. He's like, uh, you know, they gave me all their scholarships for the year. But he's like, man, you're an academic scholar or whatever. You can get full ride there academically, which I did. I was there full ride academically. So they brought me in, checked my character and all that. You know, they heard about me, you know, but they didn't know, you know, they was like, oh, we didn't know you skipped the grade. <laughs> Next thing you know, I joined, I joined, uh, joined the team and I had to grind. Like I joined as a walk-on. I don't know if you've heard of yeah, walk-on yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to join, I joined as a walk-on actually and you know i had to grind it was like a grind every day like the, the fast pace from high school and the kid had just started playing organized basketballs four years ago so yeah. division one basketball the speed was a lot different the iq the terminology the plays but that coach helped me a lot and it's to a point where i you know i had to i lived in the gym that's how i, only, I lived in the gym like workouts 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 in the morning in the after practice so it was just a grind. I knew I had to just do what the other people didn't want to do. That was kind of niche I found. Like, I wanted to be a great defender. Everybody's not going to score. You know, be a facilitator. You know, if I need to score, cool. If I, if I can't, you got to do something else. got to be a big guard. got to rebound. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that was my niche, just to be like, you know, a physical guard. Physical that can defend, that can run a team, you know, to score if he needs to. So just more so use brain, but... Yeah, that's, that's just kind of how, you know, that college thing. It was a grind, though. It was definitely a grind. That's crazy. This is the first time I'm actually in this. I didn't know you had to go that long route, man. <laughs> that's something. Yeah, I did. Like, people just see the outcome, but they don't know, like, yeah. it, was a, it was a grind, man. It was definitely a grind. So, uh, you came back to Africa after you played um, in college. I know you also did your master. You had your master's done before you played your yeah. And in your rookie season, you played in Tunisia. Now, coming back yeah. to Africa, what was the feeling like playing in, I won't say motherland, but still, it was close to home. How was that experience for you, your rookie season? Um, I mean, it was good. It was nice. Like, in a, the thing is, you know, people, people don't know that, uh, like, I, I was born and raised here. did actually school, like, JS. did, like, small year, two years of JS in Nigeria. Yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, so that's why I feel playing small, you know. Then like, <laughs> I, I like it. I do JS in Nigeria, so uh, JS one and two, and then um, <clears throat> so it's like when I came back, it was just like I hadn't gone to Nigeria since uh, my second year, third year, my final year in high school. Uh -huh. I went home, then I I had to go to college. So all through college, I didn't come home. Tonight, uh, you know, I didn't because of sports, off-season training, all those things. I didn't have time. So when I signed my first deal, it was just like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm back home. I didn't think of it as back home because Tunisia, Tunisia and Africa, but them, they're like Northern Africa, really, mm -hmm. you know. So, but it was just like, you know, we have. A, I saw a lot of more. I saw Nigerians, you know, in Tunisia. You know, Nigerians are everywhere. So it felt good to be <laughs> like I landed in, I landed in, um, in, in Tunisia, Tunis. I saw like three Nigerians just at the airport, you know, you know, doing their thing. I was like, okay, I'm back home, you know, in a way. 
but it feel good though, you know, just to start my 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 pro career. The, the first team that gave me an opportunity to give me to start my pro career was in the motherland in Africa. So and that was yeah. um, after then you played in different countries. You like I said, you played for <laughs> nine years now, and still I I told you the other day that I can still play five years if you want because you speak different. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 man. We gonna right. Now, not God, now we gonna see, sha. Well, <laughs> better do me you play. I be like, chop more money small before you retire. <laughs> I mean, so that's, I hope so, man. I hope so. Well, yeah, you played in other countries, Slovakia, Mongolia, and all the spots. Which are um, presented most difficulty for you? Maybe language barriers and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Off the court or on the court? On and off the court. On and off the court. Uh, I would say <clears throat> off the. Well, I can say on the court or off the court first would have to be Mongolia. That was the way I played uh, before I left to go to ABL. Uh, 2016. I was there. I signed in October 2015. Got there end of October. Man, Mongolia. My agent signed me at the time. Uh, my agent signed. He told me, you know, Choo Choo, you know, Choo. Yeah, yeah. Choo Choo was playing there, so <clears throat> it was some, some good money. So, but Choo Choo had been there for like two years. <clears throat> so, my I when my agent brought the deal, I mean, oh, it's a, it's a team in uh, Mongolia wants to sign you. The first thing you know, you go ask boys now. Like boys, wait their ground. He goes, "A guy, I'll follow this Mongolia league." He said, "Oh man, this place cool." Die. I said, ah, <laughs> this guy cool. So you know, as Chuchu grow for grow for Niger, me I grow for Nike. So I was just like, ah, this guy never see cold before. It, it's not. It can't be that bad. Oh man, I was like come on, playing, man. <laughs> guy, the kind cool. Well, that's like. It was a cold I've never faced in my life. <laughs> like as they, I landed, you know, like I, I saw the snow as I was landing, descending, and then you know I got my bags. They had a sign with my, you know, they had like a poster board. Yeah. As we were leaving the airport, the little doors open. You see the breeze, the kind of cold breeze. I just turned my back. It was like ah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. They took me to my flat, nice flat. You know, Asian countries they they like to have like their technology is up to par. You know, nice. They lived that way. That was good, but <clears throat> the cold. And then the gyms were so cold. I was wearing long sleeves, tights. Like, man, to a point where Ugo told me about the league and about coming in January. I was like, guy, for my head, I don't plan on my head. I don't cool. Like, guy. I told my agent, like, I'm out of here. Like, anyway, you want me to break this contract, I'm going to break out. I'm going back to the heat. <laughs> So that was off the court. It's because of the, the cold weather, man. The cold weather is the coldest place I've been in my life, you know. And uh, I'll say on the court, um, I would I would say like you know, just being a pro. Period. You know, it has its ups and downs on the court. You know, when you you can't find your your, your rhythm and and you know, uh, I can say when I was in Venezuela, you know, that's probably it was a good league, ex NBA players. You know, I was making some good money out there. I had to play. I got hurt. And, you know, that was an instance, too. But I can say one of the funniest things, too, because I think you was before you came on our team. I have to say when I was with uh, when I was with uh, Union Bank, who was the Stadions guy, that thing was frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> like, I said, no, not, not even when you came. Like, when you came, it was a little, even though the losses, because I came, but before you came, we had BBJ. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> like, like, yo, like, and the thing is, man, like, this is the thing. 
you know when you're based like I, I met BBJ first time I heard about him before as a player when I was younger but I, my first interaction with him was in 2013 when I made my first uh, appearance with the national team okay. I went to China since assistant coach on Novaka with uh, Coach Ogo and you know you know that whole staff so <clears throat> It was cool, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, so I was like, I was like, okay, he's cool. So when uh, Ugo told me that I was the head coach, I wasn't tripping, you know, cool. But he just wasn't my style of a coach, man. It was more so physical, physical, physical. Me, I like to use brain. Like, guy, move the ball a little bit. He just wants to run, walk or press, like, relax, uh, relax. <laughs> Like relax, guy. Like we're all vets, we're all pros. Like relax, exactly. you gotta use brain sometimes, you know. So that kind of thing, and I didn't like the whole setup with that. You know, I remember like I, like I don't have no beef with him, but I just remember like we had some losses that we shouldn't have, should have had. He like quit on us at halftime. Like he was like, "Yo, this is my last game. We're getting dumped." <laughs> this guy called. No offense to my guy. This, this is my guy. I remember like. This guy called, like his whole office was bogus. And I was like, I was mess, I was like messed up in the head in a way. Cause I was like, yo, what is he doing? Like, you know, I, I try to play the right way. I've been around coaching, I play the right way. If the guy's open, I hit the open man. Yeah. If he's running the floor, I feed him. That's how I play. Simple. And it was like, he was like, shoot over double teams. I was like, guy, I'm not doing that, dog. Like, that's not my game. That's never, that's not how I play. Shoot the yeah, ball. You and Philando. You and Philando. <laughs> yeah. You and Philando. I can shoot the ball. I'm like, dude, come on. Come on. That's not how I play, man. If you don't know how to put no system in where we, where we say we guys run, get open, a man open, I'm not shooting over two. So one game, he was just like, I don't know what he was thinking. He just called, called like three or four boys from police college. Maybe they joined the team. Straight from police college to a pro league. <laughs> For real? God, and then the, the funniest thing is, like, he understood, like, I wasn't really messing with him. No, so man. this guy comes, starts. This is Ugo. Ugo was pissed. Ugo, this guy comes, start one guy. Even the guy that my boy, Chooks. I don't know if you know Chooks. I know Chooks. You know Chooks. He comes bring Chooks. Yeah. Chooks is my guy. You feel me? Like, after that situation, that's why I come be Chooks. He comes, start Chooks. Over me in the game, Ugo was like, "Are you serious? He's a national team player that's played in so and so countries. You, a guy that, that never practiced with us before. So that was like so frustrating. We got thumped by like forty points that game, <laughs> and he quit during halftime. So, but man, it was yeah, that was kind of probably one of the most that was like on the court. Like I was like, yo, that was very frustrating, very, very." And it's funny that some coaches still go by that kind of motion. Like they just want to run as much as they can, even with the way basketball has evolved so far. Yeah. People are just blind to the things that have changed in the game. And it's crazy to see that even the older guys that should know better than those kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll keep growing. Um, moving forward, let's, we've touched on it a little. You coming back to Nigeria and playing in the ABL. That first season, we, we had a bad run. I wouldn't say it wasn't the best run because I joined in later yeah. on. It wasn't the best run, but it was a very good experience. I want you to talk about that process and how you enjoy playing in front of your own fans. Oh, man. It changed my life, to be honest with you. I won't lie to you. It changed my life. Um, I was already hip to Nigeria. People, you know, kind of knew me in Nigeria a little bit as far as, but it gave me the experience to, or gave me the opportunity to move back home as an adult, you know, not as a kid. 
you know, so it gave me the opportunity. That was the right time. I stayed in Nigeria. That was the longest I stayed in Nigeria since I was a kid. You know, usually as an adult, I came to Nigeria two weeks. Maybe I get off season for one of my clubs in Nigeria, go east, you know, chill and go back to my club. But this made me, like, gave me the opportunity to let me, you know, build my name in Nigeria, you know. So that helped me out a lot, you know, just living there. So um, helped me that on off the court. But then it, like, it helped me. It's one of the reasons why I started my foundation as well. You know, just being able to be in the midst of Nigerians, my people, and, you know, like, see what's going on really. Like, I learned the good, the good about MBBF, the bad about what's really <laughs> happening. Because as, you know, like, I'm one of the only guys, you know, I keep born that guys on a Nigerian team, national team that comes home often. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like the only one that, I'm not saying the only one, but I'm the one that comes home most often. So it's kind of like, when I when I tell guys, when I get like, guys, this is what's happening in BBF. They were like, well, I'm like, yes, I lived in Nigeria. Like, I'm seeing it with my own eyes. Like, these guys, they all, oh, this is what's happening with the local league. We got, oh, this is what's happening with the youth. The youth aren't, they're not getting anything. We need to help them, you know, things like that. So, um, but that ABL process was good, man. I think it was good for Nigeria. I don't like how it ended, you know. I just felt like it's too much, you know, tussle. Instead of everybody coming together, that could have been one of the best leagues in Africa. Definitely. Definitely. You feel me? Like, like you know, man, look, look, look at all the celebrities that were coming to watch basketball in Nigeria. I felt like a superstar over just so coffee. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? You come out, the warm-ups, everything. Everybody see you play, like, you know, we're traveling, going out of the country. Like, you you really felt like a pro. I feel like in the Nigeria, Nigeria Pro League, like, the pros don't feel like pros. Like, how can a small boy come see you? They do this, they do this. Like, ah. You, are you a pro? Like, you, you see what I'm saying? That league, I feel like you actually felt like a pro. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, it's just... But as far as everything else, man, I, I feel they had good players. You know, everybody can learn from each other. The Americans learn that this is African basketball. You guys be tough. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of Nigerians, a lot of the other Africans that came in that league, they learned that, okay, the American-style game, move the ball, move the ball, you know, space the floor, go attack one-on-one, things like that, you know? So... A lot was learned in that process, you know. A lot was learned, you know. I I definitely enjoyed it. And, you know, like I said, I started a lot of things being able to move back in 2016. I I remember, I I think it was after practice, a certain practice, I sent you a message that you should go out on me in practice. I don't know if you remember this. Like, (laughs) man. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't feeling like I was doing great at that point. I was like, man, this is the way I can talk to you. This is Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> Bang me up with yeah. it. Let's get, let's get ready. <laughs> I remember, man. I remember. No, that was that's nothing. I, I always, man. I always appreciate it when you came in because you came in with, you know, like, like I'm really a, like a sponge. You get like a sponge, like all the information, whether it's from me or Akin or Philando, you know, like, and then even like you know from other people on other teams, like you, you know. You competed, like you really competed. You know, you didn't, you didn't show any fear. Maybe you had a little jitters, you know, a little jitters for a little bit, but you always, you know, and then that's why I, I was cool with it. You know, when coach was like, "Yo," coach Walker was like, "Yo, we're gonna move you a little bit off the ball too." I was like, "Yeah, it's cool. Ah, no stress, no stress." So I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you remember this. I think it was the last game before the last game. AK sent a message to our group, <laughs> threatening us to pass him the ball. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, I do, man. I even was, I, I got that fool, man. That my guy, man. I, I actually was talking to him the other day, man. So, yeah, he was like, ah, he wanted the ball badly. I guess, I guess he wasn't getting any, any, getting any passes from me, you, and Philando. You know, definitely Philando's not getting no assist. <laughs> My boy Philando passes to the rim, but he's a he's a bad scorer, man. That guy's a yeah, scorer. That guy's a bucket. Man, he's, gonna, man, he's a bucket. No problem, like no flat out bucket. Man. So um, yeah, I do remember that, man. Uh, Twenty seventeen, you won the silver medal with the Nigerian national team in after basket, and the last yeah. game, the final game against Tunisia, was a tough loss. Now, how did you feel that tough one? That was because I was right in front of you guys, like you just slipped yeah. at a certain point. What was the what was the emotions like in the locker room after that? Man, it was it was heated. It was a heated discussion. That Afro basket was a funny one for me personally. People don't know a lot of some people that know that are close to me know now. But people don't understand that I was hurt. Oh, okay. I was hurt. People don't know. Like I tore my groin in CBL oh. in May. In May, like even like people don't know. Like, remember CBL because you didn't play CBL. Yeah, you yeah, didn't play CBL. Yeah, so I played for Echo Kings. Me and Marquio, we teamed up. You know, at Lagos out of this year, but we teamed up together. He called me in the summer. I was like, "Yo, let's team up this year." You know, so LeBron type stuff. <laughs> let's team up. <laughs> so we teamed up. Akin was involved. You know. Orlando didn't come. He ended up going somewhere to a different country. Yeah. So, you know, I recruited Tom Bush and then uh recruited uh 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 my boy uh Mohammed that played uh, yeah. the Egypt guy. I played with him in Egypt. You know, I, I recruited him, I was like, yo, come. So that year we were supposed to win the championship. We went undefeated in the regular season. I was yeah. mad. What the hell happened yeah. in the final? Like Bro, tell you, I, I tore my groin. I actually I had to get an injection. I had an injection before the before the semifinal game because it's like ask anybody. I had an injection. I was doing therapy. Ugo sent. I had to get XRA, all that. So, but it, I heard they told me it was just a muzzle pull, uh-huh. a muzzle pull. I was like, ah, this is a no be muzzle pull guy. Like I know my buddy. So I had to get an injection. I played, we lost, whatever. So after that, I stayed in Nigeria for a little bit before I went home rehab a little bit. But it was still AQ. I was like, let me go to AQ, get this really tested out. So when I came back, it was probably like June or July. They told me it was a, a, a tear in my groin that I had to be out six to eight weeks. Cool. No surgery. So I rehab, rehab, rehab. And then, so I was going through that, wasn't fully in shape. And then I ended up getting sick. It was like, uh, I ended up getting like uh, uh, hepatitis from eating bad food. All these village bush meat, all this thing I was chopping <laughs> in the East. No, no, not a whole lot of you. And that kind of hepatitis, it, it, it kicks in like weeks after. Mm-hmm. And I ended up catching that. So I was in the hospital for like two days. Like, and then like a week after that, I get a call from national team. They were like, Adamo Musa was like, ah, can let you out now. I was like, I did. He was like, and the, the American guys already started camp. I heard about it in Buffalo. Da, 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 da. He was like, how far now? I like, I did, man. He's like, uh, are you going to Nigeria? I heard you're going to Nigeria. I said, yeah, because I was supposed to just go home and chill. And he was like, the guy, are you are you in shape? Can you get that camp? And I was like, yeah, I fit. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I wasn't really stressing it, but I'll come. So I ended up coming to Nigeria. And this is the thing. That's why I was like, it's so much politics. So I don't even think it's between the NBA board. You know, they promised, they said it's going to be four spots for local players. Uh-huh. Eight. Eight were supposed to be well, uh, foreign based. Yeah. 
So I was, I guess they got to, this is the thing how it is. And I was just, and I talked true. They were just kind of like, yo, we need another, we need another, uh, we need some more foreign based players. So there was like, well, Kelechi now lives in Nigeria off and on. He's now a local home based player. <laughs> so that's how they come use that, that thing right there. And uh, basically, you know, I wasn't in shape, but I was, you know, as a pro, you know how to least maneuver. And then that's when Ike, Ike first got him, Ike Irebu, that yeah. guy is like fast as lightning. Man. That guy is lightning quick, he's athletic. But he's like you, he's a sponge. Like I knew, I saw quickly, I said, God, I know they start this, this Afro basket. I'm not starting this year, nah, nah, this is a young, fast, young buck. But he's still a sponge, he was soaking up. This is his first time as a pro. You know, and we went to Afro Basket and we, we like Nigeria has so many players. We can have so many different teams and compete whenever. And we went down there and competed. They just threw that to me. First coach, first time we ever, you know, did anything with that coach. We went down there, played some games, you know, and made it to the finals. I just feel like that finals was like, it was just kind of like strategically it wasn't there, you know. We were up. Yeah, we should have. We went two, three against a shooting team. We should have just kept playing them, man, man. You know, roughing them up. Yeah, and then there was like a, you know, there was a heated thing between when we went zone. They started coming back. Coach called a timeout. Um, Daniel Chifu, remember that big Daniel Chifu? If you ever go back to YouTube and watch it the full game. Once they start making that running call, you'll see it. The cameraman was in the huddle. Daniel said something to Coach. Co- Coach going vex. They were just going at it. After that, the thing's done. Everything's got that, man. Damn. Everything's got that, man. But that thing was painful, but for the fact that how they just put this team together from here, 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 and like within a month, and we still got silver medal, you know, we beat Senegal, you know, we beat Mali. It was like, man, it was, that shows that Nigerians, we can just, we have so many of us, we can just come and do our thing. But, you know, it was just, it was painful. I felt like we, we could have came home with gold, back-to-back champions in Tunisia, in front of their home crowd, you know? So. You had the pieces. But it happens, it happens. One of those losses, that's absolutely right. Right. Um, you, you talked about this a little, you didn't just go down in, in details. Uh, your mindset before games or tournaments are given that. Is, I want to know, is it the same when you play pickups or when you're just walking out and stuff? Because it's really hard to teach the mentality that you have. The likes of Kobe, they have the same kind of mentality, always going out mm-hmm. at it every time. Now, what is mm-hmm. what, what's that process of you getting into that zone for a game? Um, for me, like, I always did this, man. Like, before, like, a day of a game, like, morning of a game, say it's the morning, you know, I wake up in the morning. Like, I always, I have this stereotype, like, I say stereotype, I have this superstition. I always watch, like, highlights, Baron Davis highlights. Always. I've been doing God. this since I was in college. <laughs> Baron Davis highlights. I watch it before every game. Just, like, different highlights. Not even that I'll, I'll do what he's doing, but just his mentality. You know, I tap in, he was aggressive, big guard, post up. You know, he could play, he could shoot the ball, he could pass the ball. I always watch his highlights. And then, you know, for me, I'm a, I call myself, I'm a workhorse. I like working. I like working out. So before the game, you know, I zone out, play my music. But I like to get my shots in, the type of shots that I shoot. One dribble pull-ups, you know, catching shoots, you know, getting to the rim, post up turnarounds, post up hooks, you know, things like that. You know, I just try to play in my game. 
You know, like I'm not one of the people to be doing a thousand dribble, double dribble, 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 step back. Nah, I do what I do. <laughs> I do what I do. I'm simple, use my body, you know, simplicity, man. So that's that's my focus. I just kind of try to lock in, do what I do, get my shots, my game shots, and, you know, just, just go hard. I mean, everything's not going to fall, but you got to, like I said before earlier, you got to be able to, you know, focus on doing other things other than just scoring. Definitely. And you always do that in every game. You showed me Pepe when we're practicing, so I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Right now, at this stage in your career, you're transitioning into the other side of basketball, business, right. but, um, training and coaching. And what was it like transitioning into coaching? Because you started, you like you spoke on it a little earlier in the show, about coaching your players. And how, how enjoyable is this process for you from being the pro guy that always is about his own workout, now teaching other guys? I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of it, I wouldn't say it's easy because but I enjoy it because like you have to understand this age, this era of kids are different. I call it the YouTube era, the Instagram era. Like we all use it, but these kids, man, they just watch highlights, 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 highlights. They don't understand the hard work you need to be able to do this on a in a game. Like you have to work on it, work on it. It's not gonna come naturally. So I have to like more so I I see skills, but I also like to teach the work ethic. Sometimes like you can't teach work ethic, but you can if they see like if I when I train my kids, you know, or my high school teams, like I want them to be able to see like oh coach can play, like yeah. oh our coach can really play, like he has game, or you know show them like this is how you work out. Like I, I post a lot of stuff, they're like coach you always in the gym. Like, I still work out. Like yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing too. You see what I'm saying? Like, at your age, if I wish I knew this, you know, when I was 14, 15, no telling what I would have been, where I would have went. But also, I, I like teaching the work ethic part. Like, you know, and then use your brain, man. Use your brain. Everybody thinks basketball is, basketball is not rocket science. You know what I'm saying? Just use it. He said what? I said, yeah, it's not rocket science. Yeah, basketball's not rocket science, man. Advance the ball, slow it down, change speeds, you know, pick your shots. You know, that's my thing. Work ethic and, and watch basketball and study the game, man. And that's, so that's it's enjoyable to teach. And then it's also enjoyable to see a player that was here, get to here and, you know, be successful. And, you know, whenever I oh, thank you, coach, I'm like, man, that's you. But I like to, you know, be a, you know, a part of that growth. I like seeing that. And I, I watch your live every now and then, so I could pick up a couple yeah. of things, you know. You still taught me a while ago, so I, I still need to yeah. get all those chips. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You'll see me, you'll see me next two weeks. I, go, I didn't I die next two weeks, so oh, you'll yeah. see me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're at the tail end of the interview, so I want, to, I want you to really chime in into our MBBF situation. Like, I know you, you really know and it's about what's going on what do you think can actually change how can we get this to change in Nigeria this to change the space of the game I mean for me uh, like I know bits and pieces just being involved with it I, mean, I was been on the part of national team since 2013 and on and off till now you know because once you're a part of NBBF with national team you'll never ever be like you can't say you're still a part of it, especially with what I do as far as with kids you know Living in that, living on and off in Nigeria, I still have place in Lagos, still have place nowhere. So it's kind of like, and I'm a part of the Southeast Basketball Association, which is the Southeast, the Igbo part of the MBBF. You know, each MBBF is divided, has their own zonal yeah, yeah. areas, you know? Yeah, so I'm a part of the Southeast Association as well. So 
I mean, for me, it's just politics, guys. This will be straight up with you. Politics. Everybody wants power, power, power. They're not looking out for the players who need. And my main thing, too, MBBF get their wala, but our players are not united. That's the main mm. thing. That, like, we can blame. I told, like, I know they, I know they hold my tongue. I know they bite my tongue. I tell players, like, look up players. I say, you, you, sometimes you guys are punks. Not as far as physically, but as far as mentally. You don't, you don't understand, like, guy, you let people control you to do this, do this, do this. That's what happened with Ugo's League. They will remember that thing, they were dragging players saying, if you play yeah. this league, go ban you. Guy, you ban me, I'm the player, you need me. Without me, there's no league. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? There's no league, there's nothing you can do. So you want to ban me. I, I, if everybody was on one accord, like, think about it. Ugo's League, y'all could have had MBBF League. Ugo's League, same time, two different leagues in one year. Why banning player from this, this, this? It's just politics, man. It's politics. It's not what's happening. Go to Europe. They have, you have a team, one club, say Lakers Islanders, that's probably one of the most, Union Bank, or say the three, Union Bank, don't know, the clubs that play Ugo's League, right? Yeah. Those could have been like, I've seen, I've been a part of teams where we play in our domestic league and the top teams play also Euro League. You see what I'm saying? Within one season, they play domestic game and they travel out for your league or just like football. Arsenal go play British league. They go play Europa Cup. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So things like that, man. I just feel like that you don't understand that they just want to hold people hostage, hold people hostage, man. So it's just to a point, man. Like, man, like when it comes, like I, I believe, like MBBF has to they have to come together. I don't know if they can ever do that. But if not, it has to be a private situation where somebody has to bring their own, their own league. Definitely. You see what I'm saying? Definitely. I see a lot of countries do it. A lot of countries do it. We have too many players. And that's just what my thing on them. Like, I don't tire for the MBBF situation, guys. It's not even on a personal level. It's just like, it's not even me. It doesn't affect me, really. It does. It affects my younger ones, my ones in Nigeria. Like, like you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just like other people, like, they don't really care. And I care. That's the thing. I care about what's going on, man. I care about Nigerian. Genuinely, I care about Nigerian basketball. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, it is what it is. You know. <laughs> Hopefully, it change soon, brother. Hopefully, it change soon. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure. No doubt. Thank you. And please, I beg, when you come, you know, bring one kicks from me. Yeah, ah, uh, you know, ah, I talk. I know proud. <laughs> nah, 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 no, 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 people. Man, you know me now. Nah. Like anytime I enter, man, I go, go show love, guys. Yes, I, I, I plan to do one camp for. Uh, I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk which day I go into. I don't know when you go post this one, but I uh, mean, <laughs> you, I hit you up on your WhatsApp and let you know which day. No but uh, I go do a camp in, and I go do one camp in Lagos. I don't know where. Once I land, I'll see if I can rent. Or see the see the condition of testing. Or they say I, I come here, they say grass, they grow for, for national stadium. That's Yeah, so I go see I go see what's gonna go happen for that place for testing. Then I'll go where do one or two things and but no no be man, you know, we go chop, go drink, chill, relax. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I go for you. Thank you for having me, though. Yeah, you for very me. much. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, sir. All right, I'm about to go drill these kids, man. So no peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Yeah, bye. All right.
And that's a wrap, people. Thank you for tuning to another episode of the show. And as always, man, I'm truly and truly grateful. Um, till next time, stay safe. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to our channel. The podcast is available on various platforms, so you can just Google and check. Flat out, we go more. Till next time, people. Stay safe. Stay frosty. Flat out.